friends. Welcome. It's Cindy. We're here with Randy Hardy on the Metaphysical Wisdom Podcast. Welcome, Randy. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you for having me on this podcast. My pleasure. I invited Randy on the show because he's an astrologer and I've been impressed with watching his videos on YouTube. And I'm particularly interested. Yeah, welcome. I love the name of your uh, research, Destiny Cycles Research. Got it. Yes. <laughs> uh, been doing research since, what did you say, 1982? Yeah, 1982. I, I was trying to think about it today, 1982 or 83. But yeah, it was a long time ago I started to learn astrology. This was back before computers, so we had to do everything by hand. Yeah, oh, I remember <laughs> I had a reading with a, a woman. She was when, one of my first astrology readings. I was living in Minnesota and it was a, a woman in her 80s and she was blind and she drew my chart up wow. um, by, hand. by hand and gave me um, an amazing reading. And I've been interested in astrology ever since and have integrated it with my other um, studies and I do my own kind of research into genetics and I can see how the transits and the natal chart affects the expression of our uh, genetic potential and so I'm just curious to create a space for you to share what you're passionate about with astrology obviously cycles and um, you do predictive astrology and just the little five minute reading you did by me telling you the position of my son, I was impressed and curious to learn more. So tell us more about how you got into astrology, how it benefits your life and how you use it to benefit other people's lives. Yeah, thanks, Cindy. Uh, I got into astrology in 82 or 83. Uh, I was uh, started chiropractic and naturopathic practice in 78. So I was in practice for about five years. I always was looking for tools to help people become well, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And uh, I happened to be at this social event and there was a, psychi a psychiatrist there who I had gone to several uh, meetings with, uh, seminars, workshops, and he was holistically oriented. So we got along great. And at the party, he, he turned to me and he said, uh, Randy, are you open-minded? And I say, I'd try. <laughs> and uh, he said to me, look, I do astrology. And I find that looking at a patient's chart gives me 10 times more information than a single visit would. And I was amazed. Mm -hmm. And there happened to be an astrologer there who I knew. She was doing a birth, uh, birth contraception, natural birth classes at, at my clinic. I said, sure, you can use it on weekends. And she said, I'm also an astrologer, but I didn't want to let you know that because of, you know, the, the reputation astrology had. I'll do your chart for you. When she did my chart, I was blown away. She told me, actually, she told me I was a I was married before that and I was having an incredible bachelor life. And she said to me, I think you're going to meet the one. And that's coming up in the next five or six months. And I said, well, I think you're going to be, you're not going to be accurate there because I mean, I have a, this wonderful, um, you know, bachelor pad right on the lake, you know, hanging fireplace. I'm just having a great time. I have my motorcycle. <laughs> and uh, she said, okay, well, sure enough. 
uh, on the date she, I had, yeah, I met my, my current wife and we've been married a lot of years, 30 odd years, I guess. And um, so that's how I got into astrology and I began to study it. And I was going to seminars and found that a lot of other professionals, psychologists and medical doctors were also studying astrology, uh, unbeknownst to myself. And I found it had a profound, significant effect on people who, I, when I looked at their charts, I could see, along with a health consultation I was doing, if, if they were open to it, I could see exactly what they were going through. If somebody had, for example, Saturn squaring their sun, ruling their first house, and it had an effect on, the, on their physical health. Um, if the, the signs and symptoms pointed to it, it could be a cardiac problem. It could have been any number of things, but uh, the, 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 this chart helped me narrow it down significantly. And I could also say to them, well, Saturn squaring your sun, you're, sending, you're feeling very frustrated and upset and not, not uh, having a good life right now, huh? And, um, and because of that, that became a reality. It was, it was, reality was mirrored in their chart. And, and I began to study it for, for many years, going through seminars, and, and, um, and it was an absolutely fascinating study that I've never, and I actually taught it. I got to a, a point where a college university in their extracurricular extended class, classes, the director asked me, would you teach astrology? So I taught beginner, intermediate, and advanced classes, and it was one of the largest attended uh, uh, two two sem seminar sessions that that we had. So um, so I love to teach it. I love astrology the same way as I love natural healing and medicines, and they all kind of go together. So uh, and and I do a lot of predictive astrology now as well, and uh, looking at health aspects. That's what, why some people contact me as well when their their doctor hasn't has given them maybe a, a difficult diagnosis and maybe even a prognosis mm -hmm. yeah. it was a f fellow for example who had uh, who who ha he he was having really bad headaches and i could see there was a cancer signature in his chart and i asked him to go and he went and uh this was during the covid period of time and but uh, they discovered from looking up his uh, nasal passages that he did have cancer up there and uh and he had anyway he's fine now but but it 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 did point him in the direction this is not just a simple headache could you just go and get yourself checked you know it doesn't matter this is the time during covid when they just did things over the telephone oh you're fine get take a couple of pills i said no that's not going to do so so that's the value of astrology incredible mm. I should, yeah it's it's really, I use it every day in, in my life and for myself and for clients. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's just about broadening our perception of um, what's influencing us, right? Even though we can't see these um, planets and their influence that, you know, it's the bigger picture of how things are interacting in ways that, um do affect us on an energetic level and a psychic level, right? A psychological level. Um, and it's just helpful to know that sometimes when those um, aspects are challenging, that they're temporary and that there's no 
uh, we're not doing something wrong. There's nothing we can really do to make it go away or, but we can just relax and know it's like a weather pattern passing through. And yes, exactly. So if we know it's going to rain, we bring an umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the beauty of it. When people know uh, some of the transits or the circumstances that will tend to take place in their life, they can prepare for it. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, if Saturn's, just as an example, is going into their second house of finances, um, and they were saying, well, I'd like to take a big vacation. In other words, they would be spending more money than, than they should at that particular time. Um, I may say to them, look, you know, why don't you wait until this date and you'll see why. And sure enough, they'll see that as Saturn goes through their second house, they may not have the financial acumen that they had previously. So, so it's a wonderful tool for people to understand the, I, I like your term, uh, Cindy, the weather patterns that they're experiencing. Is it a sunny day, cloudy day, rainy, a storm? And that way they can prepare for it adequately. And the more that they can see that astrology has uh, benefit and how accurate it is, then they can plan accordingly. And, um, you know, and I, and I found that it, it works so well. If somebody, for example, I look in the chart and I say, you know, you've probably gained weight over the last few years. And if they say, yes, I have, and I would say, and it's probably due to carbs, high level of carbs and possibly a glass or two a day too many. <laughs> um, and, and when they see, then I could say to them, look, you know, it's, it, it, you can have them, but they just have to eat them in a healthy way. Mm. You're going to have a glass of wine. Here's what I'd suggest. And that way they can have some of their treats, but they can modify it. And the wonderful thing is, is that most of the time when I do chart readings, I don't know the people. And if I can be that accurate in giving them uh, uh, a pretty accurate idea of what they're experiencing now in the recent past, and I extrapolate it over the next year. And I also talk about some of the the, the natal aspects of their chart character and so forth. I bring that into the conversation. If they can see the accuracy in that, then they can see metaphysically that there's something more or higher. There's some type of directed intelligence in the universe. And that that is, is an absolute incredible place to be, is knowing that everything happens, it happens for a reason, and it serves us in some way. Mm -hmm. Now, some things happen to certain people and I would never say that to them because it's horrific and I, I don't know what purpose it serves and um, the source and I have many conversations <laughs> where I'm arguing I you know I, I think that it could be done in a different way um, you know especially when it comes to children you know when I see her when I lived in Florida for a number of years there was a, a child who was raped and buried alive and that since that time i've kind of had conversations with god look if bill gates can uh, create a, a computer system and an operating system that works according to his plan i'm sure you could change it up a little you know so um so but metaphysically if everything is meant to be and it serves some level of purpose in our life then then if we can have the patience to understand what that purpose may be and to see that the universe can be a very friendly place 
and I'm keeping those other examples out, <laughs> but in our day-to-day -day normal lives, um, that that the universe has a purpose for us. And if we understand what our purpose is, when we veer from our, our, our destiny, the reasons why we're here and astrology shows some of our purpose and, and, um, and, and the big picture, uh, when, we, when we move away from it, we can uh, go through some physically, emotional and mental hardships. The same way as there are physical laws so then when we eat too much junk food, we suffer. I mean, it's inevitable. So, so if people can see that there is a plan, that they do have a purpose and a plan and a reason to be here, that to me is 90%. That to me is success. If people can understand that particular philosophy and, and bring it into their heart and soul. Um, the other thing, as you and I were talking about before we started this podcast, Cindy, was that um, when, when, when people... Uh, when people can accept the fact that everything happens for a reason because they see it in their own life and they know that if everybody has a path and a purpose to follow, we can get angry and upset at certain people's behavior, but understanding that if we had the same circumstances that they grew up on in and they had the same and we had the same uh, things happen to us, that happened to them, then we can't judge them. You know, we, we can't, we can't judge anybody unless we truly can walk a mile in their shoes. So uh, that's another valuable aspect of astrology, uh, theoretically and practically is that it's that, it, that acceptance that everything has a reason and a purpose and it serves us in some way or another. Mm. So that's, I was going to share this, um kind of losing my train of thought but i'll pull it back in it has to do with um the way that we're conditioned away from um our purpose so to speak if you want to use the word to purpose or we're conditioned away from being true to our nature by the collective by the environment right by yes. patient and i feel like working with tools like this either astrology, human design, numerology, these other things we've talked about helps us um, turn our attention back towards our the way we were designed to be. And sometimes I find with my clients, they're, um, they're trying specifically trying not to be a certain way that they're designed to be because they were judged for that or somebody else in their life couldn't tolerate them being that way, even though that's the way they're designed. And when you show them that they're meant to be that way, they can relax and give themselves permission to be who they are and realize what they've been um, fighting against was somebody else's projection on them, not something that's unnatural for them. True. Yeah. So as you were saying, Cindy, when you can mirror back to them some of their inner feelings, uh, when people... Uh, for example, just a simple example, someone's highly creative, but they go into business and they become a banker because dad was a banker and his father was a banker and he goes into banking and he's totally miserable and unhappy and he gets married and has children and he's in this very uh, small box and he does very well. He's successful on the outside, but on the inside, he's dying. And that, that, and, and when astrology can say, you're not meant to be a banker. 
How did you get into that in the first place? <laughs> you know, and when you can say to somebody, you are meant to have some type of look, if you're going to keep on with banking, you need to have some type of creative outlet. Um, do you play music? Oh, I always wanted to learn how to play guitar. I play a little bit, then get into it more. Start to honor the, the person that you are within instead of relying on the outside version of who you should be. So you're, you're exactly right. It's, um, it leads us to the inner world yeah, as opposed world. to the outer. Yeah. And the you know, quantum physics is pointing us in that direction that the outer is a, a mere manifestation of the inner, but we try to fix our problems by fixing the outer, dialing the outer in, but it's really coming back to the inner world and dialing things in. And then the outer world naturally reflects that absolutely absolutely i mean um this was brought out over the years that that our consciousness um mirrors the outer world for example if you want to know what your beliefs are look at the results of the circumstances in your life that shows you exactly what your beliefs are so if there are some areas in your life such as for example relationship if they're not working out and it's a repeating pattern over and over again there's something inside you some type of belief or a value system that needs to be shifted and uh and that's the beauty we were talking earlier about with with, with transits or planets as they move around a chart as they move around the chart they set off mathematically by mathematical angles certain uh events an inner event an outer event so for example if we were talking about relationships uh when pluto hit their venus for example that's when they have to explore what the nature of relationships are to them personally and pluto puts them through a lot of difficulties in order to bring forth the real feelings about what they value in another person mm. so uh so the outer and the inner are the same um the the planets are actually inside us when i first started to study astrology i could actually and it sounds a little weird but i could actually feel the planets inside me it was almost as if they were speaking to me when you when I was studying uh, the 11th sector Uranus and the 11th house. I could actually um, wh wherever I went, I could see those symbols and um, it was actually driving me a little nuts. <laughs> but but I realized that it has to it has to find its way. These symbols, these astrological symbols need to find their way into your psyche so that you truly understand them. They become part of you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, so if anybody ever wants to study astrology or human design or numerology, I'd, I'd highly suggest it because it will give you inroads into your own inner workings that, that even as this psychiatrist who I'd met earlier said that nobody could even find that those kernels. It, it's, it, it's, it's fabulous. <laughs> it reminds me of something I've been exploring recently in as, um, I blend things, right? So there's a synthesis um, of bringing alchemy into astrology and understanding and like where you talked about being a doctor, a chiropractor and integrating astrology. In the past, let's say 16th, 17th century, all of the doctors were astrologers and alchemists. Yes. There was no separation. They looked at the whole, the total. And in alchemy, each of the planets is associated with a metal 
So sun is gold, moon is silver, um, mercury, mercury, Venus is copper and so on. Um, Saturn is lead and the alchemists were about turning lead into gold. Right. Um, I also learned that all the planets want to become the sun, which means all the metals want to become gold. Interesting, I never heard that. So, and because I also study Qigong and um, traditional Chinese medicine, there's a metal element, like in your typical elements, it's the four, earth, air, fire, and water. But in the Chinese system, there's also wood and metal. Yes. And people often have a, a struggle with metal. What is the metal? They don't get it. But there is metal in our body. So like copper, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, iron yeah different metals in the body and so when you were talking about that these planets are like in our bodies they're archetypes they're inside of us they're in the psyche and so on a physical level they are represented by the metal in our system interesting and that we want to refine and bring those heavy metals i call them into gold and transmute the density and we do that by increasing our awareness and um, broadening our perspective to include that bigger picture and what does gold represent in alchemy I mean, it's the oh, highest. The ultimate, yeah. Yeah, the ultimate. Um, it, it, does it represent anything spiritually uh, as a goal, for example, like a, on an individual basis? I think it's, yeah. I don't know for sure, but it just it represents the source. You know, when you have the symbol of the sun, it yes, circle with the dot in the middle. The dot, yeah. It's that you know that one origination. The source, <laughs> source yeah. of all. Yeah, I, 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 many years ago, I was reading books on uh, Paracelsus and Culpepper, who used um, alchemy to identify the various plants and the practical uses of those plants using as, the astrological signatures yes. in yeah. alchemy, uh, which was fascinating. Um, you know, as you know, as we uh, spoke about before we started this podcast, I'm a Taurus. Yeah. So uh, I need to see it, touch it, feel it, taste it. It's got to have practical, <laughs> it has to have a practical basis for me to go into it. In other words, I have to be able to see it and its application to better people's lives. So um, so for me, I, I, I left some of the theoretical parts out simply because I didn't know how to apply them. And other people could. I just didn't know. <laughs> you found your niche. That's great. Can I eat it? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm so Taurus. You know, here I am, Aquarius. Is the opposite, right? But I just do think that's interesting that the symbol for the sun in astrology is the exact same symbol for gold in alchemy. Interesting. Purple with the dot. Yes. But I, I want to make sure that we go in this direction before we run out of our time because we could go in a lot of directions and we may do that again in another time. But sure. today I'd love to talk about um, Pluto entering Aquarius 
yes um march and what does that mean for us collectively so that everyone can benefit from this conversation in practical terms yeah um everybody's been watching this for some time uh, the uh, i just have an ephemeris here i'm looking at where the planets are at any given time so uh as as we had discussed before uh pluto had gone into uh aquarius you know i use what's called a five degree orb and for people who aren't uh astrologically minded uh, a, a five degree orb simply means when pluto is within five degrees of zero aquarius the theme starts so we've already seen it start and this would have been uh, uh back even in 2020 and what happened in 2020 when So yeah, so uh, this was, now I use uh, rounding it off too, was started in actually in March, 2020, Pluto came very close. That was when COVID started, right? That's, yeah, that's when it could have started beforehand, but that's when it became more noticeable in the, in the populace when, yeah. So, um, and, and then Pluto will be coming back, as you were saying, uh, Cindy, it will be coming back, uh, in 2023 in in march and that'll be around the um march uh, 23rd 24th period of time and then it will uh, leave aquarius on june 11th but keep in mind that it'll still be within that five degree orb it's just that when it's more exact uh, we'll notice it more so what does this mean well we've already seen some of the themes aquarius is what I call the 11th sector. It rules the 11th house in astrology, Uranus. Um, and th the Aquarian energy is theoretical. It's an air sign. Okay. So we just demonstrated that when you were talking about the philosophy of archetypes and so on, right? And so it's theoretically based. It's an air sign. It's air related, which means it's about communication. But it's more, the, the sign of Aquarius is more future oriented. Taurus, that's more present today, here, now, okay? Pluto is a fixed sign, the same way as Taurus, the same way as Aquarius, okay? Fixed simply means uh, we can be a little stubborn. <laughs> I can be stubborn in my behavior. You may get be stubborn in certain ideas. You're, it's, it's fixed, okay. Pluto is also very fixed. Pluto is associated with the water element and water is about feelings, but it's not just about Pisces is water and so is Cancer. It can go from dry ice to steam in a minute, okay? So there's different forms of that feeling and it's intense. Pluto is about intensity. So we know that when Pluto goes as it is now, uh, very close, when Pluto goes into Aquarius, there is going to be some conflict. I wish, a lot, some of the younger astrologers have said this is the beginning of the age of Aquarius. Um, in my 70 years of life, <laughs> uh, looking at the human condition, I hope for and wish for, but that's not going to happen. And uh, simply because human beings have not reached that point of being able to care for each other. It's, so, so what have we seen? So Pluto's job 
is to look at circumstances and say, I don't want to change this. I want a transformation. How Pluto works is it puts pressure on things. It's like a piece of coal in the earth. It puts so much pressure on that piece of coal that it turns into a diamond. Transmutation. So Pluto says, okay, well, uh, we're not getting along so well here. This is not the age of Aquarius. We should be connected as a community together with similar ideas. Individualization is part of the Aquarian experience. It's being an individual within the group. But what we have done, we see it in politics, for example, we, we become more tribal in nature. And instead of using our mind, our, 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 using the past references, we've become fractured. And we see this in politics. There's the right and there, there, there's the left. They'll never get together, ever. It's, just, it's like two different animals now. Uh, back 20 years ago, even sooner than that, you saw Republicans and Democrats getting together. They go out and have a beer and a meal together because they realize that politics are politics and that's where it should be left and that human relationships should take precedence over everything else. And, and that we can tend to disagree. And so the theoretical aspects of Aquarian ideals are now going to be challenged. And Pluto is going to go into Aquarius fully. We're looking at uh, in 2024, it does uh, tend to go back September, October into Capricorn and uh, into November. And then it's fully in in 2025. We're all in. So what is this going to be? We're going to see society becoming fractured. We're going to see people taking sides. In, and, and the sides are related to not commonality, but differences. And you know, from, from the standpoint of uh, just our genetics, we're trained to look at our, just for survival purposes, we're trained to look at what's different because our genetics say, uh, due to our primitive brain, that that could be a bear out there, or that could be a lion, or that could be a place where we could fall into a hole. So we're looking at what's different when we're looking out over the horizon into the landscapes. But we're also doing this personally. We're looking at people who are different than us and we're signaling that they are a danger. And so there's a primitive aspect that's come out and Pluto rules the lower chakras, the lower centers. OK, that's one part of Pluto, the lowest part. And so Pluto says, I'm going to put so much pressure on you that you're going to have to transform. You're going to have to come together in certain ways in order to see this through. There are going to be health problems. Aquarius has, a, uh, has to do, deal with the legs, but it also has to do with the lungs. So we're going to see increased respiratory problems. We're seeing that now with children, with uh, other respiratory viruses that are coming on board. Um, a lot has to do with, with health care. Um, lifestyle has to change. We're going to have to make changes. A lot of this, the, the problems in COVID, uh, we've noticed with um, weight gain and, and other issues, it's been because of a high inflammatory, uh, high, high level of inflammation in people's bodies, basically because of what they're eating and drinking. So Pluto is going to say, we're, we must transform. We've, we're, but in order to do this, I'm going to tear it down. 
because that's the nature of Pluto. Uh, in the video that you described when I was talking about Pluto and Aquarius, I brought us through Pluto when it was in Sagittarius, Pluto in Capricorn, to, say, to show people the themes. Pluto just is in Capricorn now, and it's finishing. And we saw the patriarchy, if we want to use those words, um, that the structures in society needed to change. And, uh, and we saw with the Me Too movement, Black Lives Matter, we saw some of the um, Henry uh, Weinstein and his, his issue. All of these things came to the fore. And this is breaking down the structure of the patriarchy, those people who love control and power, and they're going to try and hang on. And even into the beginnings of Aquarius, they're going to try and hang on. But the wonderful thing is, this is going to make people who have a theoretical basis about life, um, especially a lot of the young people, there's a hopefulness there, that they will be able to rise above the fray and to see that there is something more than fighting. They're going to go into the, the environment is going to change um for sure uh we're gonna have to look at that food production but we're gonna see shortages we're seeing them now um we're gonna see water shortages we're going to see these things coming about but it's not to hurt us it's to wake us up and that's what pluto and aquarius is about please people wake up so what i'm going to do is that, this is what pluto says i'm going to put a lot of pressure on you and you've known about what my message is because Saturn went through Aquarius. It's still in Aquarius and in um, March of uh, 2023, it's going to go into Pisces. But Saturn for the last few years has been in, and Saturn's job is to, is to look at the foundations of whatever sign it's in and says, what needs to be fixed or repaired? And so in the last couple of years, we've really seen it. It's, it's, it's uh, in, in our society. So Pluto's job now is to say, you know what needs to be fixed. I'm going to put pressure on you until you fix it. And now, in order for people to know how this is personally going to affect them, they need to have their chart done. Um, then they can get it done free of... Uh, uh, on uh, you know some of these uh, sites, I can give you a link and you can put it on your YouTube video. So they can print out their chart if they have their birth time and of course place of birth, date of birth, and see where Pluto is going to affect them. So some people are gonna have it on their sun if they're Aquarian, uh, if they're early Taurus, uh, whether it's the sun, the moon, or any of the other eight planets, they're going to see Pluto's going to square those. Um, in, a, in Scorpio, it's gonna square or challenge them. So, so everybody will have their personal challenge. Some people, for example, may not have it for 10 years from now. Their moon is in later degrees of Scorpio in the eighth house. Then it's going to be a long time. Generationally, we see this is happening now. And so the theme has been laid out. I think that we can see that politically uh, things are shifting. We need to, it's, it's, it's about coming together as a community but still retaining a high level of individuality. And that's a big, big, big goal to attain. Can we do it? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing your perspective. It makes me um, want to share mine, if that's okay. Yes, of course. An Aquarian perspective. 
um, I'm really watching this as um, Pluto having moved through Capricorn and Earth sign. Yeah. Yes. Uh, through some denser uh, material and now moving into Aquarius and air sign, I see things accelerating and in particular um, technology. And I feel like yes. the technological advancements are going to be um, have a cascading effect on our um, relating and our psyche in that uh, I subscri subscribe to a newsletter. It's called Future Loop. Mm -hmm. And it's talking about all of the um, startup technologies that are being funded, you know, with billions of dollars going into this. And just one of these startups would revolutionize the world as we know it. But there's, um, you know, dozens of them. And they're all seemingly going to ripen at once. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what, when we see Pluto hit Aquarius and move from that sort of chugging along through the earth sign into that, um, you know, Aquarian air, mental, every thought is a, is a new reality, that that acceleration is what's going to create the division you talk about in terms of... Um, separating people because some people are really into the AI and other people are afraid of it, you know, and for good reasons, everyone has their reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's just one area. Then there's the genetic, you know, it's, it's in every sector, the financial, the medical, the uh, government education, all of these systems that um, have served us to a point are now choking the life out of our creativity and um, all the red tape and all of this waste and um, inefficiency is what yes. Pluto, I don't think, is going to tolerate. You know what I mean? It's like we're having to reset and be more lean, like that lean manufacturing philosophy of, you know, from Japan that. Um, is being implemented in a lot of companies where we, um, you know, I feel like consciousness wants to operate through each of us um, with the least amount of resistance and the most efficiency. And so all this inefficiency is going to be brought to the surface so we can see it and um, restructure our civilization in a way that allows um, less resources to be consumed and wasted. Yes. Uh, and thanks for bringing that up too, because technology is also part of the Aquarian experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're already seeing, because Pluto is very close to Aquarius right now, we've seen Twitter, for example, how it's changing and imploding. Uh, we saw uh, people in front of Congress uh, who were testifying, uh, uh, you know, and it's, it's worrying because social media has shifted people. We know that. You can look at a restaurant, you go to a restaurant, you see a family sitting around, they're not even talking to each other, everybody's on their phones. 
Uh, so there is a, a technology is wonderful and it's terrible. And so Pluto and Aquarius is hopefully going to it, it. Aquarius is future oriented. So, yes, technology is here with us. But how can we use it in a very safe and sane way? And we need to because it's changing how our brains work. There were neurologists. Uh, neuro neurological researchers who showed that people who are on social media and working on their computers all the time, it, it actually shifts their, their, the synapses in their brain where they're not going deep anymore. There's uh, a, a growth of uh, superficial uh, brain patterns as opposed to going deep. And um, so we've seen social media, we've seen uh, machinery, artificial intelligence change how we interact with each other. Uh, it's great in many ways, especially, for example, in uh, medical research, uh, it's phenomenal. But in human relationships, it's terrible. And so I think people are going to have to evaluate even more their use of technology. So are they going to put on 3D glasses to change their reality? Uh, what do they call it? Not 3D. <laughs> yeah, the, the Virtual reality. Yes, virtual reality. So... You know, you don't I like have, your own. I have an Oculus. I I go there because I have grandkids that use it. I want to understand that world that they're. Oh, I would love to try it to see, but it's the over. It, it, Facebook, all of that is great. I mean, think of, but it's it's, it's the overuse. Yeah, it's whenever something takes over, and takes out our human experience. Um, you know, some of the futuristic movies where we're just a brain in a jar. <laughs> but we need to, we need to concentrate. And that's what I think when it goes into Aquarius will be about technology and how much of technology are we going to allow in our life? How much of the human relationships that we have are going to suffer because we've attached to some of the, um, you know, the negative Aquarian uh, material that's going to be coming up. And, and again, Aquarius has... Pluto and Aquarius has been around for a couple of years, very close. It's already given us the signs. It's showing us already. Saturn went through, and now Pluto in its five-degree orb has said, this is, this is, these are the issues that you're going to focus on and concentrate on. So here's the map. Here's the template. What are you going to do about it? And in people's personal life, it is about a shift. And because, because Aquarius is, is air, it's about communication. And because Aquarius is future-oriented, it's communication in ways that bring us into the future, but bring us along, our families and friends and ourselves, into being as humanly connected as we possibly can. Because Aquarius is about connection. You know, it's about our friendships, and it's about the people we care about, and spending time with them, quality time. But this has been brought up on news cycles, podcasts. But this is this is no longer going to be just theoretical. This is now where the rubber hits the road. And um, and so this is the wonderful thing about astrology is it will give people a map to see, okay, Pluto's now hitting this planet in my chart. It's going through this house. This is what I need to focus on because the universe is very specific in the lessons that it gives us or the wake-up calls. Very specific. And so when we know that when Pluto hits a planet, a house, something in our chart, we can begin to focus on it because life will mirror back to us that which uh, Pluto touches in our chart. That's for sure. Mm. So 
Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll personally understand what its, uh, what its message is, but universally, that's, that's what you had mentioned. Um, the technology is, is, is great and it's not so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it'll be divisive, as you mentioned. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, we, we see the division right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard, it's hard to comprehend living in the same world with some people with certain belief systems. Yeah. You know, and I'm, look, I try to be spiritual, but I'm really down to earth too. And, um, and what I'm saying is, is that, that I see a splitting off of humanity um, to the point where there are some people I don't think I'd want to have lunch with. Uh I would to try and communicate, but if I can't, I wouldn't waste my time. Uh And, um, and I never thought I, I just to fish, I never thought I'd ever say that. But in the last few years, I've gotten to the point to see that there is a polarization that is taking place. And one group of people is going to places that I don't want to travel to. Uh-huh. And, um, and so what can we do? How can we bring that together? Mm. Now, here's how I think that could happen is when there's an external crisis, people tend to bond together with whoever for survival. So I used to think about this when I was a kid. I used to think with teenager. Actually, I wrote a, a paper on it. And, uh, you know, back then I could see the war. I think that was the war in Vietnam at that time, around then. And, um, and I could, I, I wrote a paper, I said, if there was a Martian attack, <laughs> people would come together countries of every origin would come together as one to move against the perpetrator of aggression. So maybe if if there are food shortages and there are climactic uh, events, and then we'll put aside all the, the nonsense that really doesn't make any difference. You know, I mean, politics is one thing, but it's not everything. And some people live in the political world 24-7. That's all they ever talk about. And they add to it how much they hate the other side. It's like, really? <laughs> That's all you think about? <laughs> so, so can it happen? I'll leave that up to the universe. It's a lot smarter than me. But I think that's what it would take is some type of external threat to our survival that will bring people together and get us to realize that we're all brothers and sisters under the skin. We, we really are. We come from the same source. And, um, and we've gotten away from that. We've moved away into a highly individualistic me first. Who cares about brothers and sisters? You, do you ever, I listened to that song the other day. It was by the Hollies. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Have you ever heard? Yeah. And I thought, isn't that a wonderful song? That could be the song for, for this movement over the next number of years. That our brothers and sisters, no matter what the color, what what the religion, we're all the same. We're all looking for the same thing. Mm. We just forgot. Reminds me of that song by the Youngbloods. What one was that? Yeah, it's not a, the Beatles version of "Come Together." What's the name of it? It's like. Uh, anyway, both of those songs were written during Vietnam, so of course it was a crisis. Yeah. Yes. And that brought an unsurmountable challenge, right? And I, I believe that evolution creates these um, 
unsolvable problems to force a quantum leap. And it's the unsolvable problem that makes a quantum leap possible. And it's kind of like how when COVID came and we had to separate and isolate, we had this problem, how are we going to connect? And it was like overnight, everyone was on Zoom. Yes. That was always there and always available to do um, meetings and stuff, but we didn't see it because we weren't forced to see it until, until the ability to come together in person was um, an issue. We had to find a way around that and it was there the whole time. Yes. So it's going to be, I feel that it's like that, like the solution is already here. We're just not seeing it because um, we're still um, in the habitual pattern of conveniences that may not be uh, available as you're stating the changes that are coming and when that, when what's normally available that we take for granted and that's habitual um, is no longer available, we, we, we're creative. We find yes. other ways to to make things work. So I like that vision. Of yeah, coming I, together I, in a new way. Yes, yeah, and and it, it will be a new way. It has to be a new way. We can't go back. Right. And um, we don't want to go back, I guess. But if we could just bring our humanity along, that would be perfect. You know, rather, but I think we've been so immersed. I mean, kids are really being hurt by artificial intelligence and or, or the social media, spending way too much time. Adults are, yeah. So, so as you were saying, it does take a particular event to 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 get to the next level, and I think that's what's going to happen. We're going to transcend. It's a shock. Like, it's a shock. You're honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Uranus is very sudden and quick it's and sort of like how Pluto is entering Uranus's house, you know? <laughs> yeah, and Uranus, well, the message of the planet Uranus is that look, life has been a, a little bit stale and boring. Let's bring some new creativity and fun and excitement into life. That's the positive side. We can see so many wonderful things through this period of time. And the other side is, is that sometimes people get caught up in, in change for change's sake and throw the baby out with the bathwater. Not so good. But, uh, but, but it, it's coming. And I think that if everybody prepares themselves by, first of all, having, a, I think that we need to, all of us have a philosophy that sustains us through a difficult times. We need that. We need to have a value system, a set of standards. Sometimes we need to raise our standards in certain areas of our life mm -hmm. in order that we can't, we, we, we're holding ourselves accountable rather than pointing fingers at other people. It's like, well, how am I <laughs> functioning in the outer world? Am I holding myself up to a higher standard? Am I proud of myself? Am I behaving in ways that I would want my kids or grandkids or neighbors to seek neighbor, you know, and, and so when we ask ourselves those questions, like the behavior, I don't want to sound like my grandfather, but I probably will right now. <laughs> but when I see the behavior of some adults, I think, how can their children respect them when they see their parents or grandparents behaving in a certain way? And that's what I mean about about standards. It's holding ourselves up to 
to just becoming better human beings. And that's what Pluto is going to do. Pluto is going to shift our attitudes. Pluto is going to shift our, our future reality. And the good things are coming. But let's just make sure that we bring in, again, the good parts of our humanity and we don't abandon them. Yeah. Because and we're doing that. Going back to what you said in the beginning of the conversation, when you see somebody's chart and they're behaving a certain way and they have a certain background, you don't judge them because you would be behaving that same way if you had their design and their background. So again, we wanna we can see where improvement is necessary and uh, we trust that the um the dance of the um, heavenly bodies is our lining up in a way that opens those doorways but we can't force someone through them <laughs> you know? right but the beauty of astrology or human design as you've described to me or any of the other insightful arts is that it does show us those patterns where we can those har harmful or negative patterns or difficult or challenging patterns, however you want to say it, it shows us where, what we need to work on. And in my experience, the patterns that we need to work on are mirrored in the outer world and they keep coming back to haunt us <laughs> every once in a while to say, I'm still here. You haven't worked on it. <laughs> and, um, you know, Carl Jung, who was also an astrologer, Carl Jung, the famous psychologist, uh, he called the 12th house in astrology, the shadow house. Those are parts of our psyche that we put under the carpet, hopefully that it'll go away, but they come back to us in ways that through people or events, just to say, I'm still here. You haven't done your job. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, have, I have a Saturn and Chiron in Pisces. <laughs> in the 12th. Okay. Yeah, that's that could be ch Chiron, Saturn. Yeah, that's challenging. But they're opposing my Pluto and Uranus. Oh, that's an interesting combination. Yeah. I have to see your chart. Yeah, we'll do it. Okay. Well, <laughs> thank you, Randy. This has been great. I really appreciate your expertise and all your years of research and dedication to this. And uh, feels really grounding to be with you as your Taurus nature really brings my Aquarian sun down to earth appreciate you oh thank you i really enjoyed the time i've spent with you here cindy all right and thank you all for tuning in is there anything you want to say as we end you want to share your website and i'll be putting links in the description but okay yeah um my website for astrology is destinycyclesresearch.com and uh, I'm on YouTube as destinycycleresearch.com. And you can see the video there that Cindy saw. And there's other videos and other ones I'm putting up all the time, especially as we go through Pluto and Aquarius. I'm going to be doing it quite often. And I'll be doing some live as well, because I'd love to get on uh, to, to do a, a video. What do you call it? A webinar a webinar so that we can have questions from people directly as we go through these times and i can have my charts there so destiny cycles research in.com on the website and destiny cycles research on youtube and that's where people can find you if they want a personal reading yes yes they can fantastic all right well I well thank you and uh, we'll we'll definitely stay in touch thanks cindy for sure yeah. 
Yeah, I want to stay in touch with all of you listeners as well and hope to see you again next time. Bye for now. Bye for now. Thank you.